This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. Reverend Walton for you again from Jail Ministry. Glad to be with you again. Hope everything's going well for you. Uh, it's going well if you're free in Jesus. Amen. You might be in jail, but you're free if you're in Jesus. You're freer than you ever would be. Amen. Go ahead and uh, without delay, take your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read one verse there, and then we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 for a second. And uh, um, glad you're with me. I want to talk about unity. Unity in your family, unity in your church, unity in the world. As you can tell in the country right now, there's disunity. Now, I'm going to deal with the scriptures, but over in Ephesians chapter 4, the apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God, the creator of the universe, says, I want you to be unified in the body of Christ, in the local church, in the universal church. I want you to be unified. How do we get unified? We get unified through his word. Amen. That's why he wrote this nice, beautiful, big book along for us so we could get unified and be one. And uh, uh, I pray you're over there. Let me read a couple of verses here in uh, uh, chapter 4. We'll have a word of prayer. Then we'll look at Hebrews, and then we'll get in our message. Our message is out of Ephesians, but I want you to see parallel writing in Hebrews written by the same Holy Ghost, the same God that wrote Ephesians. All right, Two different men wrote those passages, but one God told them what to write them. Amen? So here we go in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, he's talking about if you're a believer trying to do what God says, because we're all one in Christ, Jew and Gentile, black, white, woman, man, fat, skinny, whatever. Therefore, I, the prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Amen. I pray you understand that. The creator of the universe is calling you. You're sitting there saying, when I'm laying in my bunk at night, I can hear the Holy Ghost talking to me. Or I hear something talking to me. And you know, you're watching this video right now and you say, well, I, I decided to watch a video today. No, you didn't. The Holy Spirit told you to watch him. Amen. He's always calling you. He's always convicting you. John chapter 16. The verse, verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient, long suffering, enduring with one another, with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. That's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. Binding yourselves together with peace. I'm going to stop right there. What does he want us to do? To be united in Christ. Amen. To be one in the body of Christ. It sounds like such a, a simple or small thing. A discontented man is unstable. And uh, uh, he's a danger to himself and everyone around him. I'm not discontented because I'm in Christ. Amen. My wife's not discontented because she's in Christ. We're in unity because we're in Christ. We're one in Christ. We're united. And, and we're trying to do what he wants. Now, I want you to watch something. Uh, 
I noticed something. Uh, I saw a family arguing and fighting. No unity. The church can be no stronger than that family. The country can be no stronger than that family. Since they're not united, when they come to church, they're ready to go to war. They're ready to fight. They've been fighting at home, and now they come to church, and they're ready to fight at church. God created the family first and expected the family to do what he called it to do, and the, the family will be no stronger, no stronger uh, uh, than their unity in Christ. Paul here in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is talking to the church in Ephesus and the believers in there. But that church will be no stronger than each home that's represented there. You need to think about your home. And you're saying, man, uh, I ain't even got this or I ain't even got that. Well, you need to try to arrange. Uh, you need to try to move to have a family, uh, uh, not a, not a uh, dysfunctional family, but a functional family the way the Bible said to have one. Amen. All right. I'm with a woman. That's why God told you don't be unequally yoked. I'm with a woman. She wants to serve God. I want to serve God. We read the Bible together. We see what the Bible says. Now we're in unity. Amen. Don't make it. We're making things too complicated. It's not that complicated. All right. You got a book and you got a God and you can read and write. So let's read and let's do what he says. Amen. Let's come to agreement. We're going to try to do what he says. Are we going to be perfect? No, but we ought to be showing up a lot better than we are. Amen. We got our feet turned in the right direction when we turn them towards Christ and this book. So keep your place right here in Ephesians, but turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Some people believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Uh, I don't. The writing in the original language is uh, a different style of writing than Paul, Paul wrote. You notice he doesn't identify himself. He doesn't say his normal introduction, his normal, uh, 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 what do they call it, uh, uh, exit and so forth, you know, and, and everything. So uh, here in 12, 14, the writer of Hebrews says this now, we were just talking about being in peace and unity and love and all this stuff. Watch what he says here in Hebrews 12, 14. Work at living in peace with one another. Amen. Work at living in with peace. And work at living a holy life. So we got peace and a holy life. Holy life, the word holy means pure or godly life. Amen. And peace, not just with everybody in the Bible, in the, in the body of Christ, all right? That's, that's the main group he's talking about here. All right, Paul said, uh, 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 learn to get along with everybody, especially those of the household of God, uh, uh, over in Ephesians, as a matter of fact, and in Galatians. But, but here's the point. Paul said all that. Whoever wrote this, work at living with peace with everyone. We're in the holiday season, and you'll have all kinds of chaotic, you'll have killings in families. Because a family member is arguing with one another over something that happened 5, 10, 20 years ago. You'll have church division. You'll have chaos and disorder. Why? Because we're not trying to live at peace. You know what? You don't always have to be right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but you don't always have to be right. You ever thought about praying for them? You ever thought about uh, just loving them? And as you're loving them, you know, it's hard to hate somebody that you love. It's hard to argue and fight with somebody that you love if you really are doing it the right way. Let me read 14. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Woo! Will not see the Lord. He's not talking about you losing your salvation. He's saying if you're not that way, you weren't saved to begin with. Amen? If you're not trying to go this direction, you're not saved to begin with. You're going to die and spend eternity in the lake 
of fire. Not just hell. Death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. Revelations chapter 20. I'm not saying this to scare you to death. I'm trying to say this so that from a positive point, or the Bible's trying to say this, so from a positive point, wait a minute, let me turn and live this way so that I can live in the abundant life that Jesus was talking about in John 10.10. 10. I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I want to have Jesus. God wants you to have a quality life. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll read a few more verses and then we'll go back to Ephesians. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for your word. Anoint my lips from on high. Dear Heavenly Father, let me say just that which needs to be said. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you for your awesome and mighty word. And my family, let us have peace, love, and let us uh, try to live holy for the Lord, dear Heavenly Father. Pray this for the people that are listening. Pray for their legal situation, but most of all, I pray for their spiritual situation. For when they get their vertical relationship right, then everything else horizontal will work out. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Anoint us from on high in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, look with me if you would at Hebrews 12, 15. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Did you see what he just said? Look after one another. That's another way of saying love one another. And, and uh, yeah, we may have to talk about some hard issues, but let's talk about them. Speak the truth in love. Amen? Speak the truth in love. Let's, let's talk about these things, but let's, let's try to do it in a peaceful way. Amen? I called up my son-in-law. Uh, um, uh, he and my daughter are having some problems, and it's mainly uh, her from what I can see. Uh, um, and I told him, I said, man, you know, you might want to do this, you might want to do that. So you can save your situation, you know. You got two children. You've been together for 18 years. Uh, uh, let's go this way. He says, I'm trying. I'm trying. I said, that's, that's good, you know. And uh, 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 let's keep going that way. Then she called back and was uh, uh, all crying and uh, wanting to do good. That's, that's good. Let's repent. Let's get right. Amen. Uh, verse 15, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness. I wanted to get to this part, point right here. People will get angry and hateful and vile about things from 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You're still talking about that? And here we are in 2021? I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back. All right? You keep looking back, you're going to run into a brick wall because you ain't looking in the direction that you're going. Your life is going on, and you're living in the past. Let's look forward. Amen? I'm not looking back at my marijuana days, alcohol days, clubbing, partying, whoring around days. I'm looking Jesus' way. Amen? I'm looking forward. Amen? And so it says here, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And you say, well, how does it corrupt many? You're a poison. You're spreading that now, that root of bitterness. And then all kinds of things. She, with her attitude, is poisoning the children. Poisoning the marriage, poisoning the situation, probably poisoning at the church that they go to, on and on. It may not be obvious, but that's what he's talking about here. And I'm using that as an illustration. Don't be thinking about her. Be thinking about you. Amen. When you go to heaven, you're going to answer for you. Amen. You're not going to answer for her, me, or anybody else. You need to hear what he's saying. I'm preaching the word or teaching the word to you, but you need to think about you. Amen. I'm just using her as a good illustration, and unfortunately she is. 16, make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. Do you understand what God's point there is? 
the things of God were so insignificant to the person who should have received the, the next one in the line of the Abrahamic covenant to carry on what God had promised Abraham, the covenant, the, the contract, the blessing and all that. The, the next person in line, he sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. Uh, five or ten years later, he wants the birthright and, 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 he, and he cries and wails out. And he can't get it. He waited too long. He, he uh, uh, ignored the important things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things. He married cursed Canaanite women. He did all kinds of things. You notice it says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness. And it says, immoral or godless person like Esau. Immoral. He married unsaved women. Why did he marry them? They looked good to him. That doesn't mean the marriage is going to last. By the way, it's a red flag when he said he, mar he married immoral women, a whole bunch of them, two or three wives. God made Adam and God made Eve. One man, one woman. Leave your father and mother, cleave to your wife. Red flag. Why is he doing that? It's of the flesh. It's not of God. Amen. Turn back to Ephesians. I want you to see that. Well, let's stay here for one more second. Uh, 17. You know that afterward when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. God made sure he never got that blessing because he wasn't interested in the things of God. Is God going to have to do that with you? I pray he does not. But God is looking at you. That's why I told you, I'm using her as an illustration. Don't you do it, what she's doing, amen? You do what God wants you to do, amen? And he wants you to live for him. He was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Sometimes we get ourselves in a situation, and uh, we've went too far. And it's like uh, uh, God can always save you and everything like that, but we might have to stay in a tough situation for a long time. Go back over to Ephesians chapter 4 with me, if you would. And uh, I want to go on now from uh, uh, verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united, amen. Over uh, uh, in verse 13, it talks about unity in our faith, amen. So uh, united in the spirit in verse 3, it says, binding yourselves together with peace. There's peace again. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father who is over all and in all and living through you all. What's, he keeps talking about one, 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 one. We ought to be one in Christ. Are we united, amen? Are we one team or are we many teams? You got your goals, you got your goals, you got yours, you got this. And, uh, well, I got my agenda. My agenda ain't necessarily God's agenda, amen? God says your agenda need to be mine. Skip down to verse 7, and here's where I wanted to really get to, amen? However... He has given to each one of us a special gift. Amen. He's not talking to unsaved people. Here. He's talking to saved people. Through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led, captive, he, gave, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Woo! He's got a special gift for you. And he gave gifts to his people. You know what? We're in the holiday season. We're in the Christmas season. Uh, Christmas gifts are going to be given out. A long time ago, before you even a gleam in your daddy's eye, God had a gift just for you. And uh, uh, it's not a gift uh, like a car or house or something like that. 
It's a gift that will enable you to live the life of Christ. Amen. It's a gift uh, uh, for me. It's, it's doing this, the ministry. Uh, um, there's other things I can do as well. I'm a father and a husband, but there's a gift that he's got for you, and it's just for you. Have you accessed your gift, or are you somewhere else? <clears throat> are you in that? <clears throat> excuse me. Are you in that division thing? Verse nine. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. God left heaven and came down here because you were so important to him. Every one of us. For God so loved the world. Every one of us. Amen. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so they might fill the entire universe with himself. Man, and then he went back to heaven after he took care of everything. And he came down here, lived 33 and a third years, gave us a perfect example of how to live and showed us, and showed us what we can do with the power of God. He was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. He set his God in society and lived as 100% man to give you that example. Amen. Some of you say, well, I can't do it. Man, Jesus did it. <laughs> he gave you the example. You can do it. Amen. You can do it. I'm doing so much better. Over the last 47 years, I've been living for Christ. And, and by the way, I didn't sit up there and say, I'm going to live for Christ 40 years. I'm going to live for him today. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I need to make it through today. Amen. I make it through today, then tomorrow I'll take care of tomorrow. Sufficient is the evil of this day. I just need to make it through today. Amen. That's what you need to do. Amen. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. He's writing this letter. We're in Ephesians. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. Amen. All this stuff about unity is talking about unity within the church. I mentioned the family because you wonder why some people come to church and they're ready to fight. They were fighting at home in the family. Get the family right. I'm not saying don't come to church. Hey, come to church and let's get our family right. Amen. Don't let's come to church and fight. Let's come to church and let's live for God. Amen. You're on the tablet right now. Let's live for God. Amen. And when we get off the, t t t t the tablet, let's still live for God. Let's make this our pattern of life. And all of a sudden, our world will be so much better. The United States hasn't done anything great because for the last 20, 30 years, we've walked away from God. And, and now we have disunity instead of unity. And in our churches, we have disunity instead of unity. Every one of them know. We, I go to a church that's pretty much unified. I know several good ones. But then I've seen some ones that they've actually went out of business. Let me, let me move on. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, that's me, and pastor-teacher. Pastor-teacher is one thing. Pastor means shepherd of the flock, and he teaches the flock. The shepherd of the flock stands in front and leads him. Christians or the body of Christ are not cows, and he's a cowboy herding them. Yeah, get going. Yeah, cracking a whip. No, Christians are led and we follow our leader. Amen. We follow our leader. Who is he? Jesus Christ. He gave us that perfect example to follow. And, and he's got a staff. And we're walking along and we're behind him. And we see how he's doing. And we do the same thing. What's the time count, brother? Oh, good. Oh, it's longer than I thought. Amen. Usually I'm running out of time. Uh, um, verse 15. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets over in uh, Acts chapter 1, the apostles, that ministry is done away with. It's a sent one. You had to have walked with Jesus. They found somebody to replace 
uh, 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 Judas, who was a traitor. And, and, and so that was done away with. And, you know, it came walk with Jesus. Now, the prophets, well, the scriptures have been closed. So we don't need to, uh, uh, no more revelation. We got all the revelation we need right here. We need to live what we got in, right here in the New Testament. Then it says the evangelist. What does he do? Hey, why don't we get saved? He's bringing forward the good news, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. Christ died for me, amen? Yes, he died for you and all these other people, but I can only get saved for me, amen? I can only live for me. I can't live for my wife. I can't live for my children. Uh, while they're in the house with me, I can make them cooperate and obey, but they, they grow up and they go out and they start their own families, but I need to teach them and lay the foundation so they know how and what to do, and we've set an example for them. And we lovingly set that example, but we're going to set the example. You know, um, I won't get on marriage and the family right now, but we parents need to teach our children how to walk. Not just physically walk, but spiritually walk. And we need to have a walk. Amen? That's why we need to take care of ourselves so we know what we can do for them. Amen? Uh, the evangelist, uh, he goes out and tells people how to get saved, and they come into the church. And then the pastor teaches them, and they grow in the things of Christ, and they get edified in the body of Christ, and they grow up. That's why God gave these gifts unto men. All right? And ladies, don't feel left out when he says men. He's talking about mankind. We all come from Adam. That is a truth and a fact. I don't want to get on the woke society and all the politics that's going on now today. And it's really not politics. It's actually antichrist talk. There are two genders, male and female. That's it. All right? God's got a role for a man, and God's got a role for a woman. Amen? And, and God lays them out in here. And you know what? I've been doing the role for a man for 62 years. My wife's been doing the one for a woman for 61. And guess what? It's working out just fine because we're following the master. Amen? We're following the creator. It works out just fine. Amen? I'm in here with two other men. We get along just fine. Why? We're all following our roles. Amen? We're, all do we're in unity in Christ in here. Amen? And you can be too. You don't got to be in all this crazy dysfunction, alcohol, drugs, sex, uh, jail, prison. It seems like a vicious routine. It's like the people in Judges. It's a cycle. And they rest for a little while when they get out. And then they get back and they start doing the same old crazy stuff all over again. And then they're screaming, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. And God sends a deliverer. They get delivered. They live right for a little while. They got rest for a little while. And then they go back doing it all over again. Amen. You can break the sin cycle through Christ. And the gifts that he gave you. Amen. The special gift for you and these gifts right here. Amen. The special gift is actually something else. It's a little bit more, but I, I can't go through all the gifts right now. Let me hit verse 12 here. Their responsibility. Who? The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to edify you. To build you up spiritually. So you got the muscles, the spiritual muscles. That's why I'm preaching this word. Okay, we're not over in a gym. We're in a spiritual gym right now. We're not over in a gym pumping iron. We're pumping spiritual stuff. That's why I'm reading my Bible every day. That's why I'm praying every day. That's why I go to church two or three times a week. And I listen to a preacher who is not entertaining us. And the choir's not We're We're going through the scriptures. And the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow and the bones. And it's, it's a discerner of the thoughts and says, Man, the Word of God is building us up. And we're feeding our spiritual man. And as we feed that spiritual man, we have the power to say no to the flesh and the world and the devil. Amen. And we can get in unity over things. And we can have peace. 
If we do have any disagreements, we know how to settle our disagreements. It tells you that in Matthew 18. And one other passage I can't remember right now. Well, no, it's, it's this one. Uh, later on in this passage, in chapter 5, uh, verse 25 on down, it even tells you how to communicate. Um, verse 13, this will, well, let me do 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the ecclesia, the Christian church, the body of Christ, to build us up. Ask yourself, are you getting built up? Some of y'all do so well living for God while you're in jail or prison. You're faithful to the services. You're faithful to reading your Bible. You're faithful to praying. You stay away from the crazy other people in jail. Then you get out of jail, and then you go right back over into the same old crazy stuff and get back with all your crazy friends. And then you wonder why you're going to jail in three, four, five, six months uh, later and so forth, you know. And, 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 you know, like I hear the same story. I've been doing this for 20-something years. I hear the same story over and over and over and over again. I'm like, why don't you quit doing that? Amen. Why don't, why don't you keep doing what you were doing in jail when you get out of jail and you won't still be doing the same crazy stuff? Amen. You won't be. Get you some friends that walk like these friends, like, like the people here in the Bible. Amen. They exist. God will not tell you to do something that cannot be done. Amen. And if it couldn't be done with human hands, he would help you do the supernatural thing. Thank you. Amen. This will continue. Build up the church. This will continue until we all come to such unity in the faith. Verse 13 again. We start out with unity in three. And now ten verses later we're talking about unity, peace, love. And not craziness. Amen. And knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up in the full. You see that? Mature in the Lord. In the old King James it says perfect. Mature. Mature for you and where you ought to be at. Amen. And you ought to keep on growing. You'll grow until you get your supernatural body. And you ain't going to get that until you get done with this earthly tabernacle or this earthly tent. Amen. So I'm still maturing even though I'm 62. Amen. Almost 63. So unity of the faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up until the full complete standard of Christ. So you ought to be measuring up. Uh, maybe you're supposed to be in 7th grade right now. Or ninth grade. Or 12th grade. Or college. Ph.D. I don't know where you should be at, but God knows. And he says over in Hebrews 5.11, I got many things to say unto you, and they're hard to be uttered and spoken because you are dull and hard of hearing. Sometimes I talk loud when I preach, and it's not because I want to talk loud. It's because that's the only way I can get through to you is to yell and scream. God's saying, I'm, he's already yelling and screaming. He's got you in jail. He said, hey, you know, yeah, you did all this stuff. I let you come to jail. You think about it. You did a thousand crimes. They only caught you for one. Why is that? God said, man, I'm tired of messing with you. I'm going to let you go to jail. Maybe you'll slow down and listen while you're in jail. I let you get away with 999. And finally, I said, well, let him get him for one. Maybe, maybe he'll stop while he's in jail. He'll start following me. Amen. I have no desire that anyone die and go to hell. Second Peter 3, 9. It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Will you repent today and receive Christ? Well, there's a whole lot more here. I pray you read the rest of it. Um, verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about with every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Will you quit following all these crazy people out here and start following the creator of the world, the one who loves you and knows how you should be? Let's all bow for a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for him listening. 
Pray that this word went forward in your spirit and power and love and touched hearts and minds. And it can change lives. It can save lives and it can change them. Not physical salvation, but spiritual salvation. Not, not, not secular uh, 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 sanctification, but spiritual sanctification. And separate us from the world. If you're not sure you're saved, I pray today, you'd pray something like this. God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe that Savior is Jesus, who paid my sin debt as a substitute and died for me on the cross, that I might have eternal life. God, please forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus, and I receive him as my Lord, Master, and Savior. Help me not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. Thank you for Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless. Good talking to you today. Pray you learn something out of the Bible. And thank you for your time. In Christ's name. We'll see you next week, Lord willing. God bless.